The next day, we were disappointed by a gray sky and showers, so we puttered around the boat, missing the guaranteed sun we had come to expect each day. About noon, the wind backed suddenly and increased. Instead of lying safely in the lee of the land, we were now directly to weather of a rocky shore and seas that were starting to build quickly. Let's see how fast we can get out of here, Larry said, a bit of urgency in his voice. I checked the clock and began stowing things below, preparing for the beat to windward while Larry rolled up the awning. We hoisted the dinghy aboard, double-reefed the mainsail, winched in 150 feet of chain, and were beating out under reefed main and staysail in 14 minutes. That still stands as our record for a high-speed departure from any anchorage. We beat to Santa Rosalia, where westerly gale winds blew for two days. We had planned a stop of only a few days, but ended up remaining there for a month. Jesus Manobe was our guide and Spanish teacher, and each time we prepared to leave, he would find a new reason why we could not go. You can't go now. It's the birthday fiesta of my son. Or, oh no, not tomorrow. We are having a baseball game. Or, impossible. There is a picnic tomorrow. And so the days sped by, delightfully, until we felt we could tarry no longer. When we announced our departure, for the third or fourth time, again Jesus objected. Wait two more days, he said. A large freighter comes then. I have many friends in the crew. Two days later, the harbor pilot approached us, saying, Please move your boat to the north end of the harbor. I must bring a ship into this pier. It is the Banner Vale. In the quiet of the late evening, we watched the lights of the freighter as it approached our anchorage, moving at what seemed a very high speed. Just inside the narrow entrance, the crew released two huge bow anchors, setting off a shower of sparks as the chain roared out through the hosepipes. The two dragging anchors slowed the ship as she began her entry into the 700-foot-long harbor. Lines were made fast from her bow to the outer seawall, and then suddenly her stern started to swing toward us. There were shouts on the deck above us, then a great thumping from the engine, full throttle aft, full forward, the prop partially above water and throwing geysers of spray for yards to either side. To our horror, the stern of the 315-foot ship grew larger and closer with each passing second. Larry decided to lift the anchor, and let the banner veil's prop wash shove us aft a few yards, giving the ship more clearance. We put the anchor down again, a hundred feet from the seawall, and still the stern edged closer and closer in the darkness. Finally, the huge prop cleared us by less than thirty feet. At that point, the wash started pushing Seraphin first to one side, then to the other. As the freighter's engine went from forward, to reverse and back again. Seraphin surged as far as she could to port, away from her anchor, came up short, then swung the other way. 
As she came up short on the starboard lunge, the anchor chain rode up under the bobstay, bending the wire, tugging the end of the bowsprit downward and bending the masthead forward by a good six inches. If anything went wrong now, we were only a few feet away from losing our boat. As we prayed for our anchor and chain to hold, someone on the banner veil turned a spotlight on us. After another nightmarish five minutes, the ship was turned at last and laid alongside the southern pier, while Larry and I were laid out along the cabin sides shaking from the stress of our nightmare ride. It took us a couple of hours to get over that fright.